1: Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Wait, 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 we're doing that Brooklyn Nets, Brooklyn talk. Nets
0: talk right here on Talking Nets. Brooklyn, we go hard. We go, go hard. Talking Nets. Talked by Keith McPherson, Robin Lundberg, and Hudson Flynn. Yes sir, welcome back to Talking Nets episode 188. What's the title of this episode? Hmm. Nets go 9 and 0 against the Knicks, dominate New York for 3 years. Not flexing, it's just facts. It is exactly what it is. Like take it how you may. I know people are having a hard time stomaching this one from conversations that I've been roped into, but it's just facts. Robin Lumberg, Hudson Flynn. What's up, Robin? How are you guys doing? You
2: remember the um, South Park episode where he tastes the sweet tears of unfathomable sadness? I mean, I, I feel like that's what it's gotten to with the Knicks. I, I posted on my Twitter on Saturday. You know, it was a great weekend as far as sports go. You got the conference championship games, the Royal Rumble. And right before I'm, I'm, I'm getting ready to watch the Royal Rumble, I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of giddily tweeting away. And I said... Uh, it doesn't matter what people say about who owns the city. The Nets own the Knicks. And, you know, of course, in my replies, in my quote tweets, went, so what? Duh, duh, duh. Like they wouldn't have been <laughs> celebrating we'll had the Knicks it. won that game.
0: <laughs> we'll talk about it.
3: It's just comical at this point, right? And, and I'm just going to say what what Kyrie said. He he, I, he got asked if if it was a real rivalry between the Nets and the Knicks. And he said that if the NBA calls it rivalry week, then it's a rivalry. And uh, I guess that's all they got at this point, because it's certainly not uh, a rivalry on the basketball court. And uh, as we, we tend to talk about, it's not really a rivalry in the, uh, the minds of new potential fans anymore. The Nets have become a global brand, uh, catching up to and exceeding what the Knicks have been. And, and that's just what happens at the end of the day. When you have great players putting together a great product and you have certain levels of success, you become a global brand. And the Nets have eclipsed the Knicks in that regard as well. And it's just, it's always fun to watch the Nets play the Knicks because you know that the Nets are going to dominate and you know that Knicks fans are going to be salty on Twitter. And uh, it doesn't really get much better than that, does it? It's, it's, it's
0: hilarious. It's something that I enjoy. And I don't even go as far as I used to. I used to have a clip loaded to unload on their asses on Twitter. I used to <laughs> troll the shit out of them. And now it's like, there's no point. Like, when you beat a team nine straight times and there's nothing left for them to say besides, like, Robin, you put that tweet out. I don't know if you do this. I do this a lot because I also troll Mets fans. Put the tweet out and then mute conversation. So I don't even (laughs) see all those responses. I literally chuck and duck. I I throw it out there and I'm out of there. Like, y'all have at it. Go go for it. So I did that on Saturday because, like, I, I remember the brief history. And there's a lot longer history. Right, they were the New York Nets, and now the, the Knicks are the Boo York Ix. They are the Boo York Ix, <laughs> they are the Boo York Ix. But there's a history here, right? The Nets never had a home, the Nets had played in so many different places T Neck Armory, Long Island. Right, the Nets were in uh Brendan Byrne, which turned into Continental Arena or Continental Airlines Arena, and then the Izod Center, and then they moved them to Brooklyn. So. There is a whole fraction of fans now that don't even really remember the Jersey days or the New York days. And these young fans really just remember Brooklyn as the home of the Nets. But it's important for us to know our history. I remember what it felt like when they took the New Jersey basketball team out of New Jersey. If you've listened to Talking Nets over these last four years, I told you I was mad. So much to the point I boycotted the team until my wife bought us tickets to go to the playoffs that year, and I was like, this is better. This is what they're supposed to be doing. It's an NBA franchise. They want to attract stars. We are living in the future that was promised over a decade ago. Kevin Durant is on this team. Kyrie Irving is on this team, and we're going to give Kyrie his flowers. But when you think about what has happened, it's 10 years in Brooklyn, and in the last three years, the Knicks have not been able to beat the team that their fans looked down upon, that their fans treated as a second-class citizen, that their fans treated like they don't belong here when they already were here, left and came back. The last thing I'll say is the Nets could have came back as the New York Nets. All of these teams in New York, the New York Yankees, the New York Mets, the New York Giants, the New York Jets, the New York Rangers, I, you know, the New York Islanders, we, we get it, but like they didn't take the name New York for a reason. They created their identity in Brooklyn and there's some of these fans that have nothing left to stand on besides that New York runs the city and they have more fans. Well, duh, they should have that many fans. They've been in the middle of New York for 100 years, Robin. Yeah, I mean, I think the
2: clean sweep thing really hurt. You know, that that's one that stung because for the longest time, the, net, the Knicks have been, like, dreaming of getting – I mean, I remember I was on the radio – in New York and I did a, a remix of what Bloomberg had said about the time, like, come on LeBron. Cause you know, I, I wanted LeBron to play in New York and, and they were going after LeBron. And then every year after that, it was these dreams of they're going to win the lottery and it was going to be Zion and then Katie and, and Kyrie and, and fans can say whatever they want. The fact that those two chose Brooklyn and not the Knicks hurt. And you've seen that resentment ever since then. You've seen that resentment ever since then. IZOD, then they went to The Rock, and then Brooklyn, as you're saying, as Jay from BK writes. In, in I
0: forgot that little bit of time that they played where the Devils played. And yeah. nobody wanted to get on the train and go to those games with me. <laughs> but, you know, the the, um,
2: the the Nets after that, it, it hurt, and, and, it, and it upped the resentment. And that's why you've seen... More of the celebration around any Nets failures and the desire to call the Nets the the worst disaster in the history of disasters. And some of it was warranted. You know, the the Nets have had uh, reason to criticize them during. the But it, it was extra because of that. And then I think that animosity is even translated to the media personalities in New York who are Knicks fans. And it's come across because the Nets aren't treated like a New York team on the new york airwaves because of that resentment from the knicks fan base but outside of the new york bubble they are the marquee franchise in new york and when you see it on the floor even with katie out of the game i, I said the, the the nets can't um can't lose that game they're gonna win because they can't lose because, even
0: without ben simmons
2: yeah even without ben and with his uh whatever he was wearing it uh, looked like a waterbed lining on on the bench but when you when you talk about that that game, you know, if the Nets had lost, we would say, well, you know, they didn't have KD. But the Nets won even without KD, so you could say they beat you without KD. But even without KD, Kyrie Irving, by far, the best player on the floor, the biggest star on the floor. Nick Claxton rivals their best guys, right? And, and I think if you're you're projecting forward, you could make the case for him over those guys. And and, and I do think as well as Jalen. Brunson has played as well as Julius Randle has played some of that reality sets in when you see Kyrie going off and you go, Oh yeah, they've got Kevin Durant. They've got Kyrie Irving and we've got Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson.
3: But it's about becoming a good organization, right? And for me, Nick Claxton is the, is the primary focus point of why you look at, at the nets as a better organization from which everything else flows, you know, running the city X, Y, Z, the clean sweep. Nick Claxton was a Nets draft pick late in the first rounds. There is no reason why the Knicks they have, and going back to when the Nets even moved to to the city, you know, for the the most recent time, the Knicks had all of the draft capital, all of the money, all of the cultural clout, all of these things going in their favor to be able to eventually go out and execute the clean sweep, and they couldn't get it done, not with all of the edits, not with the edits that had Katie, Kyrie, and Zion because they thought they were going to win the the lottery that year. Not with any of that. And we got to see that not only do the Nets have the stars, they showed why their organization is better. And at the end of the day, these are basketball teams. They're not media companies. They're not fashion brands. They're not even, as much as they are, they're not even just cultural concepts. They are basketball teams. And there is no way to be irrelevant, frankly, for as long as the Knicks have been, and to compete with a team that is, winning, good, and has the biggest stars in the league. And there's a reason why, just like Kevin Durant said, the biggest stars in the league don't want to go to Manhattan. They want to go to Brooklyn because they have not created an organizational atmosphere where that is something that anybody in the world would want, despite them playing at what they call the Mecca, despite all of their historical cultural clout, that as we go on, as every day goes, and as that 9-0 and record continues to expand, uh, is slowly collapsing yeah, I'll add my
0: uh, tweet before we move on to more things specifically from the game. This is really just like our thoughts and feelings watching the- be careful,
2: be careful what you say because we are on camera and your face might be recognized. So next time you go to the garden, when the facial recognition <laughs> technology kicks gonna lock in, us out, They're they, they gonna could kick out. you out. They could throw you out like Charles Oakley or, like, or so I don't Willinger, care about being on camera. <laughs> <laughs> so just making sure don't be too harsh. That's all I'm saying.
0: James Dolan, I was cooking him on WFAN the night before he came in the building. I thought he somewhat redeemed himself, but I was hearing it in the car in and out. Then I went back and listened and I'm like, nah. He was just prepared for the radio and was trying to make up for what he did on Fox five, but that's a whole other thing. I don't go there. I don't go watch the Rangers. I don't go watch the Knicks. I'm never in that building
2: real quick. They do have somebody whose job it is to listen and find things that are said about James Dolan. When I did a Knicks play by play game, I had to sign paperwork that said, you know, you won't talk bad about Mr. Dolan. And last thing on that real quick, I sent a tweet out when, I think it was Spike, after the Spike Lee happened or the Patrick Ewing, one of those things happened. And it was just like a, Charles uh, Oakley. yeah, it was like a silly tweet. Like the Knicks have completed the big three of, of banishments, you know, Spike Lee, Charles Oakley, and Patrick Ewing. The Knicks emailed me, you know, off of that tweet with Uh, a press release saying, here is our press release about what happened. We saw your tweet. Like that's the level of paranoia that goes around that organization.
0: I I can't understand it because he's a billionaire and like, don't even let me get close to that type of money I'm not going to give a F What anybody says or does It doesn't matter Talk about rabbit ears That's a term I learned being on the radio You know people like You can't listen to all your critics Or your haters Don't have rabbit ears I'm like I don't have rabbit ears I have internet access So as soon as I say or do something I go on And my phone has notifications From all these retards I probably shouldn't say that That's uh, not a term you could say anymore But all these idiots That like want to troll me And I, I took It took some time But I got over it james dolan is never gonna get over it james dolan is the richest guy owns the rangers owns the Knicks, owns the building but yet he's seeking out his detractors he see i'm not i'm never doing that i might pew pum, shoot some shots back on online but the the extent that this guy goes being insecure is amazing and you know they asked him about going to Barkley center he said he's never stepped foot in the building and he would consider it if there's a nets Knicks matchup i would love to see that i don't know exactly how that would play out but Uh, This whole rivalry or this whole matchup or this whole back and forth, uh, you know, since the Nets have been back in Brooklyn, you know, you were already alluding to it. I work at WFAN. So, you know, it is like pulling teeth to have them actually have a conversation about the Nets in a fair way, in a in a way that does not sound like their New York Knicks fandom is coming out. And I remember talking to Evan. We had Evan on this podcast and I said, you're our only voice. This is before I knew I would be on WFAN. I'm like, you're the only one that can talk about the Nets in the proper way. It's always slanted, and it's slanted because they're butthurt. So, the tweet that I put out where I said, you know, chuck and duck and mute your notifications, I said, the Nets are most relevant in this town when they beat the Knicks. That's been going on for three straight years. That's nine wins in a row, year 10 in Brooklyn. This is not a rivalry or debate about where the best basketball is played. So who runs what and where in New York? Like, what are we even talking about at this point? Fandom? Who sells the most merch? Because they can't even say that. Like, okay, you just happen to own Nick's merchandise from the 80s, 90s, and still today. But, like, when we're actually, like Hudson said, these are basketball teams. They can't say anything about the basketball besides this. And we'll move on to, like, what, you know, happened in the game. Oh, why you care so much about us? You haven't won anything. It's the opposite. Why you care so much about us when you haven't won anything? You never won anything ever. Essentially, I mean, like you gotta be. What do you
2: gotta be? Uh, I would say sixty years old to have any recollection of a, a Knicks championship, and you gotta be forty years old at least to have any recollection of the Nets or the Knicks being any good at Robin, all for a extended period. These of time. guys,
0: we used to have the mono, the motto, "We are playoffs." throughout this 10 years, before we got to the KD Kyrie era, because the Nets found a way to get to the playoffs in New Jersey and Brooklyn, more so than the Knicks. These guys get a number four seed. They get to the playoffs in that weird COVID year. And after they win one game, one game in the garden, they flood out into the streets in New York and they chant, we want Brooklyn, Excuse me, say what?
3: What? what? So all the rent-free and all the other stuff is, is nonsense. But it's a little brother complex in the city that they claim to run. And, I, you know, I'm a Giants fan. I'm a Yankees fan. I, I've, I'm a fan of, aside from the Nets, the stereotypical big brother teams, right? And there's always comments about how, oh, well, little brother's always going to come after big brother, you know, whenever, whenever they want uh, to feel big, whenever they feel like they can take shots you can't if, if if you are winning one playoff game and chanting you know we want Brooklyn and I know this is bringing up old things but you can't act like you are the Big brother franchise because by their very nature the Big brother should not and does not care about the actions of the little brother and that's exactly what it comes down to with the Nets and the Knicks because I remember when that was happening it had and Nets fans had absolutely no interest in that because what they play them and they sweep them, or maybe they get goes to five games. There's nothing, there's no real concern because the Nets are worried about winning a championship. Warren are worried about winning a championship and the Knicks are worried about scoring phantom points against a team that actually has something to compete for.
0: The rent is high in New York, but free in their heads.
3: Yeah. I mean,
0: at this point, like I said, I'm not even trolling them, bro. I don't even, there's nothing to talk about at this point, right? Like, you know, congrats on finding a point guard. Congrats on Julius Irving dropping 30 points every game. Oh, wait. Randall. That, that, or Julius Randall. Actually, yeah, Julius, not, I mean, he's um, having a good
2: year, but let's see. Let's you know. not
0: call. <laughs> but that stopped, right? So let's go into the game. Let's talk about the game, right? The biggest thing for me in this game, you you, you find out that Ben Simmons, um, you know, they they scratched his eye against the Pistons and his knee got sore. So he, he had to sit out. You knew that was coming. Watching the Pistons game. When he headed to the bench, KD didn't even acknowledge him. KD didn't even so much as look up. And I think for Nets fans, we're like, oh, he's out. He's not returning. And then that means it's probably, I thought it was going to be his back that flared up this time. That probably means he's going to duck smoke and he's not going to play in the Battle of the Burroughs Saturday when everybody in New York that cares about basketball is going to watch that game. But I said to you on the last podcast, I bet he'd be Gucci Louie down. I bet he was in some type of designer. I don't know what he was wearing. (laughs) You said it looked like a a water bed a waterbed
2: cover yeah don't how many... yourself.
0: The, the water beds i haven't seen since the, the late 80s
2: 90s you know like deuce bigelow male gigolos room or, or the ladies man you know the my... print it had some type
0: of leopard print it was like this big carpet i don't i don't know but like to attract that type of attention to yourself on the bench when you are who you are god bless ben simmons he is a different type of brother how, how many games has he quit in this season would you say now just like wanted to get off the court. So he's yeah, fouling or like or, got hurt. Or, or, or and getting himself
2: thrown out or he's or, got a sore knee.
0: All of a sudden, even Jacques Vaughn alluded to, yeah, Ben is out with knee soreness. Like, I don't know where that came from. I don't know where that came from. So we get into this game and I did want to mention this. I have it in the, no- in the notes and thanks, Alex. Well, going into this game without KD and Ben, we're thinking, okay, this might be the chance for the Knicks. They're playing well. They're coming off of beating the Celtics. The Celtics are the best team in the East. The Nets are coming off of losing to the Pistons. The worst team in the East. This might be the time. It's a Saturday. Like, this might be it. Julius Randle, not Irving, has been dropping 30. Uh, Brunson, Barrett, their they're role players, great. The Nets versus Knicks. The Knicks hadn't beaten the Nets since, rest in peace to Kobe Bryant, January 26, 2020, when, remember, Kyrie Kyrie got the news and he didn't play in that game that was the last time that they beat us so they thought they were gonna beat us man coming into this game I knew Kyrie was gonna activate in the fourth quarter that's standard now like that is like it does if we're close in the game don't don't worry fret not Nets fans mobba mentality Kyrie is coming to kill in the fourth and he did but Nick Claxton man he is here for real defense blocks and now buckets every game that you can count on. They pass the rock. They pass the ball. We can give Joe Harris a little love. I know I know that's been lacking. I know we've been trying to give Joe Harris some love. He had 16 points, hit some open threes. They moved the ball right in the beginning of this game. Royce O'Neal shooting the three, hitting the three. They knew, hey, we got to make up for the point production somewhere. This is a rivalry. We don't want to lose to the Knicks. Seth Curry, another one, hitting shots. Utah looked different. Like he had some energy because he knew the stage cam thomas and, and uh dayron sharp we're gonna chat about in a minute but when i look at the team stats 31 assist to 19 assist pass the ball keep passing the ball till you find the right guy and Kyrie, in the end ridiculous um i do have the clip of what he said after the game um i'll we'll go around the horn i'll let you guys weigh in before we play any video clips but yeah i was pleased watching that game because i could tell that they just rose to the occasion I could tell that it meant something to them. And this team without KD is not last year's team. They have more than enough, and they play better without Ben Simmons.
2: Yeah, I mean, like Ben not, be, ben not being in that game, you didn't miss him, right? I mean, like you were just uh, alluding to it. There was no impact. In fact, there was another scorer on the floor. When you see Seth Curry in his spot, you you figure there would be a defensive fallout, but there wasn't really a defensive fallout in that game. And as far as the offense, of course it gets better when, when you're spreading the floor with the shooters that the, the Nets have. Joe Harris did play well in that game. Seth has played really well over a stretch of games now where he also brings a dimension of a little bit of shot creation that they don't have from anyone outside of Katie and Kyrie. So maybe that won't be important as the season goes on. And, and you know, you, you just look at the, the, the team as we're going forward. This has been a theme I've had is how many guys do you trust? So you you start adding up the guys that you trust going into the postseason. I think KD clearly, Kyrie clearly, Claxton clearly. I trust Royce O'Neal. I'm getting there with Seth in that mix. You know, that's up to five. You need to get to eight or nine. And that's where the the trade deadline comes into play as far as can you add two new faces to this team or, or something like that. But overall, you you see the the differences in rosters there too. I mean, that that um deserves to be pointed out where you're, you're taking a a star off the floor. Another guy who's making star money, clearly not a star in Ben Simmons and the, the nets are arguably just as talented as the Knicks, even when, if not more, they probably are still more talented than the Knicks, even with those guys out.
3: Yeah. And that's, That's really the core of it, right? The Nets are just a more talented team. And as much as we're spending a lot of time talking about this game, because it is the rivalry, there was all of the hype, the rivalry week, all the hype surrounding the game, all the fans, Knicks fans on Twitter. At the end of the day, the Nets went out and beat a team that they're supposed to beat. If there's anything that I want to take away from this game, it's things that I would take away from any game that the Nets play where we see these certain things. Kyrie Irving turned it on in the fourth quarter. There is no doubt about that. He is a clutch player, mama mentality, all that. But when he wasn't at his best, in the first through the first three quarters of the game, we saw the rest of the team step up for him. We saw one thing that I've been looking for from this Nets team for a long while. We had all five starters in double digit points. We saw some people supporting our star. This is plural with Nick Claxton. And at the end of the day, especially when Katie's out, that's what we need. And that's the kind of thing that we should be focused on, right? We should be focused on what the Nets are showing. That is going to be lasting out longer than this season. And, For as much as we've spent a lot of time talking about, you know, this time without KD is going to be it's going to be tough to get through, you know, three and six in the time since kd has been out, all that we have seen. And I think it's important to point out a lot of positives from this Nets team that we can take going forward, that we can extrapolate out through the rest of the season and into the playoffs. Not only is it depth scoring, not only is it the emergence of uh, Nick Claxton, but it's showing that we can face adversity as a team and get through it. And as much as it's not a rivalry, I don't think in any basketball sense of the word. And this was just another Nets game against a pretty subpar team. There is a lot of media hype surrounding that game. And you can see players like Ben Simmons, as he tends to, crumble uh, when there's that kind of pressure on him. But it seems like the Nets always and, and, and did in this game certainly band together uh, and show what they needed to show against a, a weaker team.
0: Yeah, shooting percentage. So I remember looking at FanDuel, I was about to bet the game. I think Royce O'Neal to hit four threes in that game was like plus 600 or maybe plus 700. I'm like, I thought about taking that. He ended up having four threes. And as a team, the Brooklyn Nets shot 55% from deep. They hit 22 of 40 threes. Like that's a team locked in, taking advantage. All right, you're going to leave me open? I'm drilling this. KD always says it's a make or miss league. Nick Claxton is a bucket now. And I know some people like, act like, I don't know, I think I tweeted out, like, he's different this year. Some people act like I just turned on the TV and found out that this is the version of Nick Claxton. I, I know people read Twitter too literal. Um, I, I think those those people are, are, are slightly challenged. Nick Claxton, like, we, we've watched his entire career. We know what he was and what he is. Can we play this dunk? Because I don't know what Miles McBride thought he was, but the clip of him going up to block Miles McBride I just laughed because I'm like, I don't know what you were thinking. Like, you must have thought that this guy was not going to meet you up there. Miles McBride is like six foot. Um, Nick Claxton goes straight up and meets him there. Alex, if you have it, I'm giving you some time. Just send it and I'll stop talking.
1: Miles McBride at the apex of that jump uses that left hand to say, not today, not in my house. (laughs) <laughs> my yeah, goodness
3: heck of a block his mom Nikki. he he had a play to tr- i mean <laughs> do you guys ever watch those clips uh everybody posts them now because like mixtapes high school mixtapes are getting younger and younger they're like middle school mixtapes now where there's one player that's like clearly better than the rest of them and he's like he's like six three and six before the rest yeah, of had, the had his growth sport before the rest of them. that's <laughs> like miles mcbride trying to dunk on nick claxton and it's funny because miles mcbride if i remember correctly I'm pretty sure he put Montrez Harrell on a poster. So that kind of puts to, puts to bed any of that conversation. It's just the same kind of party.
0: Trez learned a couple days ago and uh, for Claxton, I just, you know, I'm proud of the kid. It it seems like he grew up. He's a man. Now he understands, right? They drafted you to be this. Uh, There was some conversation I had about Ben Simmons and the trade and Jared Allen's name came up and someone said to me, well, you know, Nick Claxton washes um, Jared Allen. And I'm like, yeah, but like, you know, at the time, did we know that Claxton was going to be this this year? This is what we wanted him to be from game one last year. So he is a a guy that I'm seeing, you know, like shout out to Doug Barak and some of the reporters. They're always posting clips of Claxton getting his work in well before the game starts. He's working on his free throws. It's not going to be an overnight thing, but I've seen some progress in his, uh, shot in his in his um, his um release and, like, his form. It, he'll get there, and we hope that he gets there by the end of the year. You know, talking about Ben Simmons, with Ben Simmons ducking smoke and Ben being hurt and fouling away, like, I don't have any trust in him for the end of the season. I hope they can trade him. We're coming up on the deadline. I don't think anybody in the world is dumb enough to take on Ben Simmons besides the Nets. I see people in the chat talking about they don't trust Royce. Yeah, trust I don't Royce. get that. Trust Royce. You have no choice. They traded a pick for Royce. He's a veteran in this league. He came up big in the last game. You gotta trust Royce O'Neal
2: as a role player. We're not talking about trusting Royce O'Neal to you know put uh, an extra load on his shoulders, but you're trusting Royce O'Neal to play hard, to play smart, to take the open shots when they come his way, and to maybe give you a timely bucket here or there, like he's he's had a penchant of doing this season. Does his job
3: night in, night out. It's not like we're saying we want Iguodala over you know Curry. No, we needed a
0: three and D wing. What are we talking about? It's what
3: everyone was complaining about the Nets not having for the entirety of the rest of this era, quite frankly.
2: And, and, you know, I I think Royce, um, he's better on the bigger guys. He's not quite that. Claxton is remarkable guarding guards outside on the perimeter because the Nets do switch five. They're one of the teams in the league that switches five. Uh, Royce is a little bit better on bigger guys, but that's good too because the the Nets are a, a bit undersized. I mean, as far as Claxton goes, I think mean, he's definitely more talented than Jared Allen at this point. Better, uh, the, you say he's a bucket. I mean, he's a bucket around the basket, right? He's got an right. array, array of ways <laughs> to to finish, and, and he's confident putting it up. He's confident going to the free throw line. He's got that little Euro move. So all those things are coming along. I saw KD defend him on his podcast uh, against the the trash talk that Harold had. And then real quick, because I, I, I think we're almost underselling him and because he, he, he's come under a lot of scrutiny and everything that, that goes along with it, it can't be said enough how talented Kyrie Irving is and with the fourth quarter and the, the clutch numbers and all that. When it, When it comes to like, if you had your life on the line and you said, I need one person to create a shot, is the answer not Kyrie Irving?
0: From what I've seen, the guy the guy can score at all three levels. When the lights are brightest, he shines brightest. I, I put out a tweet, local, global legend Kyrie Irving. I'll let
3: Hudson add what he has to add before we cue up what Kyrie said at the end of the game. I'm just going to say he's never – there's no bad shot in Kyrie Irving's arsenal. I have never seen him, and I know you feel this for a lot of different players across the league. I have never seen Kyrie Irving – take a shot that i didn't have confidence that was going to go in at this point I, I i won't be fooled into feeling that way anymore if it's on the net side of the basketball court unless he's taking three-quarter court heaves i'm confident that every shot he takes is going to go in and even when they don't even when he's shooting you know below 50 percent or whatever he the the track record shows that he's going to at some point turn it on in the game it's down to the shots not falling not him missing them Yeah, when he does miss layups or mid-range shots, we're like, what the hell is wrong with Kyrie?
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) You can miss. But when this guy misses these close-range shots, it's just surprising to us. He, He has worked at his craft. He's an artist. He is a master at his craft. He is from New Jersey and New York. But, like, that's why I put out local global legend, the kid with the tape on his shoes. They know him worldwide. He started right here, and I love what he had to say after the game because you just knew it, right? You just you could feel it. Let's play the clip from Kyrie in the post game.
1: Say I've grown up uh, in New York, New Jersey, specifically in the Bronx and Harlem, New York. Uh, my roots come from there. Uh, and then I moved to Jersey when I was about uh, eight or nine, seven, eight. Uh, and I became a Jersey kid to the New York culture that I grew up in, or the community, my family, I became the Jersey kid. There's a Jersey kid, there's a Jersey kid coming over to the Gaucho gym or coming to Playground's Riverside Church. So I could go on and on about the stories, but I'm just grateful for all the friends and family I made along the way and made a journey. It um, used to be so, so competitive. I don't think it's as competitive now just because of the highlight culture, but you know, the the, um, the respect that you had to earn going from Brooklyn to Staten Island, to Long Island, to New Jersey, or Connecticut, or Delaware, you know, you wanted to conquer all these states, you wanted to be number one. So for me, it was a, a goal of mine where I wanted to represent the East Coast and then be one of the best in the world. So I got to accomplish those goals, but I got my hardest toughness from growing up in those streets in the Bronx, with my dad, you know, having me play anybody and everybody, no matter the age, and um, it helped my game mature a lot quicker. Than my age group because I was going against older guys. So um, New York, New Jersey area produces a lot of great artists. And I'm
0: just one of them. I'm just making sure I'm paying homage to them by uh, leading this game the right way. This is grown man, Kyrie. This is reflective Kyrie thinking about his journey. This is Kyrie who's a father and we've known that, but like you see his daughter on the court, you see his son post game. This is less distractions, Kyrie. He hasn't been a distraction since returning. And I think that is um, intentional. I think that he's not going down the road of detracting from the team. He's not going down the road of, you know, really stepping into anything that could potentially be harmful for the Brooklyn Nets organization. And that is because he is playing for a contract. He has put it out there and we have talked about it for the last few weeks. You know, he's showing you how great he is. He's showing you that he wants to be here and represent the Brooklyn Nets for the rest of his career. This is home. And we're getting the best version of Kyrie Irving right now. Don't forget Talking Nets, is the the podcast that you heard say, we support Kyrie. Now, we obviously couldn't support everything that Kyrie has said and done over the past. But for the most part, we support Kyrie. We want to see him here. The guy is a wizard on the floor. Uh, Like Robin says, he's touched by the hand of God. When you watch this guy play basketball at that level, it makes you just think, how? How, Sway? And I don't have the answers.
2: Yeah, I, I think with Kyrie, it's just hard because there's been so much emotional involvement, including from from myself. Where you know he, he's, of course, the guy that wasn't there last year, regardless of what you think about it. It's just like you knew it was going to be him, and then what happened this year, and and what's happened at other points. But when it comes down to his ability on the floor, and when he's locked in, like he's he's blessed by the basketball. You mentioned, I'll repeat it. I mean, as far as his overall. Uh, ability and and the fact that he he may not always be reliable in the big picture but when it when it's the small picture and the fourth quarter he's as reliable as it gets he might be the most clutch player in the the entire league or he's he, you know he's up there with the likes of of katie his old teammate lebron and, and and all those guys but as far as creating in space or creating his own space and operating in little space he's probably the best i've ever seen I don't know if I've ever seen anyone be able to create space the way he can and operate in tight areas the the way he can it, it's just it's special to watch and if if he can keep up the mentality that he's had since coming back and and that's an if I mean it's oh, history sometimes repeats itself we've seen that but if he can keep up that mentality that he's, that he's had who wouldn't want him on the team you no, know, who wouldn't want him on the team the rest of his career? I think not everybody... a question
0: of his skill set. It's yeah. not a question of what he does on the floor.
2: No, I and, mean, and, and that's that's what it comes down to, really.
3: Yeah, and at the end of the day, there's been a lot of points in time where I think we've all felt like, okay, well, this is the team that the Nets have. They have KD, maybe Kyrie if he's there, and this supporting cast. And, and this is what we have to go out and win a championship. And I've felt a lot a lot of the time that that of course we're going to do that you know there's been a lot of times where I've been very confident but I don't think more so than right now seeing him play and focus him, himself on basketball because as much as people want to say it, we even have people in the chat saying it he has been a distraction there's nothing it's not down to reports it's not down to who's reporting about him who's talking about him there's he has been a distraction but when he is on the floor and if he can be on the floor with the nets in the playoffs him and Kevin Durant and Nick Claxton there's there's no reason why the Nets shouldn't be expected to win an NBA championship because you have a player who, again, when he is locked in, when he is on the floor, there is, there is no equal. There's equals in in scoring and greatness and all of these other things. But there's no, no one I trust more to have that last shot than Kyrie Irving. And, and I am excited for when that time comes. I'm not dreading it because if he is there, if he is on the floor – I have 100% certainty that if, you know, like like uh, they said on first take all those years ago, if the Martian death beam or, you know, the 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 chance that the Nets might be eliminated from the playoffs and might not win a championship, if that is at stake, even more so in certain circumstances than Kevin Durant, I want Kyrie taking that last shot. Okay, quickly before we move on and just giving you guys,
0: you know, the next 10 minutes, we're going to wrap here. We're going to, you know, look at tonight's game and then look at the schedule coming up. But uh, I saw unspoken voices inside media put this in the chat. Shout out to Nets Kingdom. I, I love what AJ and all those guys do. I haven't actually tapped in. I need to tap in with them again this season. But I was on, uh, you know, with Saint and Rage and those guys last year. And I was talking about the Kyrie stuff because I did go to school for communication, radio, and television. I studied media, media law, media ethics, and with Kyrie last year, I felt like, you know, it's unfortunate how he's got a target on his back. And yes, he's responsible for what he tweets. He's responsible for what he does and what he puts out there. But I felt like last year, this is before the uh, Hebrews to Negroes Amazon thing. And I'll speak on that as well. I felt like last year, you know, this guy has a target on his back and he's un. Fairly treated like a villain because of his skill set, because of how great he is at basketball. French Montana just rapped about him on his new album. He said something, they want me out the game like Kyrie. Nobody else gets the attention that Kyrie gets because nobody else plays like Kyrie Irving. So when he stepped out for the birth of his son, which is a regular thing, when your kid is born, you take paid leave. I get it, he's in the NBA, but regular people like myself, Like Robin can speak to it. You you, you're you're supposed to step out. The state knows that you're adding a life. You're supposed to step out for that and be paid Um, when his his brother or not his brother, when his uh, sister and his dad had their birthday parties and he stepped out for that. Okay, it was an occasion, but the media twisted it. When uh, you know, you can go through all these things when January 6th happened. I think that hurt a lot of American people to see the capital attack like that. And I'm damn sure not going down that whole road. But Kyrie needed a day. Shit, I needed a day, but I needed to work. I'm not a multimillionaire basketball player. The media spun it with the vaccine. They wanted to put him at the center of it. But there were a lot of Americans that chose not to take the vaccine. And fast forward to where we are now, there's a lot of Americans that wish they never took it. But they spun all of this around Kyrie to make him the bad guy, make him the villain, make him the center of it. And when you don't know the guy, which I don't know him, but I came to know him when, when he was in high school. He went to St. Anthony's like there's no way you couldn't hear in New Jersey hear about the top players. If you follow basketball, football, whatever he's written about in the paper, he goes to Duke. I was a Duke fan. So I started following him and learning about him back then and to see him become this villain. It it was crazy to me. That's why we started the we support Kyrie thing because Hudson and I talked and we're like, it seems like they hate before they support. All the good things that this guy does, they get swept under the rug. But anything they can do to villainize him, it becomes front page news. And you know that's the facts because when the good things happen around the Nets, Kyrie Irving right now, after after the performance that he put on in New York, he should be front page on everything Sunday. In the (laughs) battle of the Knicks versus the Brooklyn Nets, 9-0, 9-0, oh, three years, Kyrie Irving had a masterful fourth quarter like we haven't seen in a long time. Everyone should know about that, but that isn't how it goes. And, you know, they put it on the uh, – throw up the uh, newspaper that uh, – was it, the Daily News? The Daily News put Brooklyn Bullies, That's Crosstown Rivalry. But it, it it's a picture of Kyrie, but it alludes to, you know, the rivalry and 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 the winning streak. But well, Kyrie Irving is at the center of this, especially what he said about being from the area and playing in this rivalry. My hopes, as a Nets fan, as a basketball fan, as a New Jerseyan, as a black man, just seeing another black man out there living his dream and doing his thing. My hope is that we don't fall into another situation where the media can over, you know, pol- not politicize, but like over uh, publicate you know, the negative versus the the other side because the the media controls everything. They control what you think. They control what you see. And they they love to jump on the Kyrie negative, but never so much the positive. But
2: the media is not a monolith either. Like, right? Like we're both part of the media,
0: right? Like I'm part of the media. You're part of
2: the media. In a sense, what we're doing right now is part of the media. So I'll push back on that a little bit as far as the fact that I don't think it's binary. I think, you know, there's a lot of nuance involved in, in the conversation with Kyrie. I think we're all rooting for Kyrie. I think we all want Kyrie to be on the team. I think, I, you know, look, if Kyrie, like I said, if he if he plays the way he's playing and it handles himself the way he's handling himself, I think a lot of people would want him to be their favorite player. And the media has, at times, treated Kyrie unfairly in the sense that he's become a lightning rod and known for being a certain way. And there are people who are in their feelings. Look, he, he left Boston, but Boston in mass, already seems to have an anger problem. You know, a bunch of Mark Wahlbergs running his around. His grandfather died.
0: <laughs> and he spoke and said, we, my family lost a pillar in our family. Yeah. Like, so so you have
2: that, uh, you have, you know, the whole LeBron fandom that probably felt a certain way about him leaving. So you have all these sorts of things. At the same time, I, I don't want to totally absolve Kyrie of his responsibility in some of this either. Like with the sister birthday thing, he was a wall. It wasn't just the fact that he was at a an event or a function. Nobody Able knew to
0: us, but the Nets. knew in his contract.
2: I, 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 don't, like, I don't think that. I don't think the Nets knew. I, I think when Steve Nash was talking about that, he didn't know. Uh, the vaccine. They saw a thing, video
0: of him without a mask during that time, Robin, and they made it seem like he was spreading COVID.
2: I, I'm 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 with you. You could take. You can make it extra, but at the same time, we didn't know what was going on with Kyrie uh, last year with the vaccine. I you know especially in the benefit of at post Omicron or whatever. I was one of the proponents saying this is stupid. You got to get him back on the floor. But he could have been on the floor, and that was a distraction in the sense that he wasn't on the floor. This year, it wasn't even about the link. It was the, the way he handled himself in those press conferences. That was on him. So some of these things are on him. And sometimes they are
0: amplified, but but not to cut you off too. And yes, we've already, it's all documented on this podcast, radio show stuff like with Kyrie and how he handled the media. He fumbled the ball, but that was because he let his pride and emotions get in the way because he feels like he knows so much. He's like, how can you call me an anti-Semite? I know where I'm from.
1: My biggest thing, my biggest thing is
0: that Amazon profited off of all of that. Amazon still has that video up there and they put out a statement to say, we're not taking it down. So Kyrie, with no context, made a huge mistake putting out the link to that that video where people could purchase it and watch it, and there was harmful rhetoric in it. But he, d- the thing is, he didn't make the video. He didn't. Yeah, he didn't. It wasn't about no. the video. It was. He had two but, chances to but clean that's that up. Yeah, it wasn't saying. about the okay. video. But oh, we can be mad at Kyrie Irving, but not mad at Amazon placing orders but every I, I, well, i'm, I'm not mad at whole. the video i'm not mad at the video but, existed and, i'm not and, and what did i say we support Kyrie, but we couldn't support everything i was hard on that like yo bro this is reckless like this is putting people in danger but at the same time when we go back to like the link that he posted he posted it from amazon and amazon stood but, on I, but it I, but, I'm not, but, but, but i'm not they didn't have the same i'm not mad him. about the link you i'm know?
2: glad that i'm glad that they kept it up I think that all that stuff should be, you know, I I don't believe in censorship to that degree. My problem was with the way Kyrie handled himself in those pressers when he had two chances to clean it up and he was confrontational. I get what you're saying. I see unspoken voices inside media um, sending another message that I sound like white ass privilege or whatever on how someone should behave. When I say how he's handling himself. This is
0: good podcasting. This is what you're supposed to do on a podcast. When I say the way he's
2: handling himself, what I mean is he's locked in. He's being a leader. He's he's. He's taking ownership and accountability for the way the team plays. That's what I'm talking about, about the way he handles his handling himself. Hudson, I know you had something to say, so go ahead.
3: Yeah, I, I just think like, and, and Keith, you're right. I, I was right there with you with the, you know, the we support Kyrie stuff talk, that supports Kyrie uh, to a point, you know, I, I think there's, there's always a, a to a point uh, for a lot of people. It was the vaccine stuff. I think it's ridiculous that people wouldn't get the vaccine. Um, that's just my own personal opinion. That's for some people's point, there's other people's points. That was, you know, him posting the link to the video. I think him posting the link to a, the video was an inherently violent act, and that was my to the point. But he apologized. He handled himself really poorly through it all. But you know, he apologized, and now he's locked in. That's all I want is for about a good, a, amazing, a great, a t- touched by the hand of God basketball player to play for my basketball team and to be completely locked into my basketball team. That's, that's all that I want, but it is absolute nonsense for anyone to say that Kyrie Irving is some, you know, blameless pariah that has been put on the block by this monolithic concept not blameless, of the media. And you never
0: heard me say that and we're not saying I didn't, that not know, and I didn't
3: say, I don't think that you said it, Keith. I, I promise you, I don't think that you said it because, I mean, you know, we know, we've been doing this for a long time. We, we know each other both on a, on a, on a personal level. We all know where each other stands. It's, it, it, it just comes down to, I don't think there is, a, it is not unreasonable that Nets and Nets the, the Nets as an organization and Nets fans have some reticence about whether or not Kyrie Irving should continue to play for the Nets after his contract but the reality is if Kyrie Irving is locked in and he stays with the team and he doesn't become a distraction and he doesn't you know do things that are a det- active detriment to the team as he has in the past and that is unquestionable then of course you should want him back because he is like I said before quite honestly the player I want taking that last shot in that game seven of of, of the Finals.
2: And by the way, I want Kyrie to be his own guy. You know, like he Absolutely. should be. His, he Absolutely. should be his own guy. He, everybody's their own individual. I got no issues. It's not like shut up and dribble or anything like that. But there, you know, it, it, you know it when you see it, right? Like your spidey sense tingles, and there, there's the way. By the way, for the most part, this entire year, starting from from camp, he he, he was he was great in in camp. He was great at the beginning of the season. He did his medias. This guy never wanted to talk to the media. He's been great since he came back. It was just that little period. And maybe, you know, his feelings were hurt or he felt pushed into a corner, whatever it was. I was not a fan of the way he handled himself on those two occasions after the link that, you know, tested everybody's patience. But, hey, you live and you learn. You move on. I've got no personal animosity to the guy. And from a professional standpoint, Since then, he has been exemplary.
0: To close this, we're giving this man his flowers, his respect for how great of a basketball player he is. We're Nets fans. We all root for the Nets, and we're rooting for him, right? It isn't a shut-up-and-dribble thing. It's a basketball thing. I watch the Nets. I want to see them win, and they're not better without Kyrie. Shout-out to Jay from BK, not for what he said in the chat, but for him on Twitter saying there were people that actually thought that the Nets were better without Kyrie. Like, they were actual – Think pieces and conversations. Maybe the Nets are better without Kyrie. And even on this podcast and on the radio, I'm like, I can't say that. That is not true. And what I'm saying in this whole reason why we brought Kyrie up again, and I took some um, shots at the media and the same way we talk about New York Knicks fans being in the media and their view of the Nets being slanted. Like they can't just talk about the Nets and be objective because in their heart, they love the Knicks. They hate the Nets. There are some racists in the media not pointing at anybody, but they they get a battery in their back when it's time to come for a black guy. And that's why you see some other black guys like LeBron say, hey, where was this energy with Jerry Jones? And then you got guys like Darius Slay say, how come y'all not asking about Brett Brett Favre the same way you're asking about Kyrie? Think about it. You know, that's all. Kyrie posted a link and (laughs) he handled it terribly in the media after, but he posted a link and I think he really was alluding to the title. Hebrews to Negroes, and he didn't watch the whole thing. He said he didn't watch the whole thing. That's an L, bro. You can't be reckless like that. And then he did it, coming off the heels of Kanye West's whole thing. Y'all, y'all can't forget it. it just happened. It was, it was a mistake. And he's been better since that mistake. And I think you can forgive people for their mistakes. He's an All Star this year, and I saw people saying, "How did Kyrie make make the starters an All Star?" As if they were supposed to hold it against him that he posted that link similar to how they held it against him that he didn't take the vaccine and they kept him out of the nba 75 which is still looking dumb all well,
2: right yeah he's one of the 75 best players of all time final, final thought on this I, I mean the i covered the brett far thing for si uh, just like i covered Kyrie for for si as far as those arguments i don't love those just because it's kind of what about is in a way i believe that every person and every story should be covered on its own individual merits. You absorb the facts, you, you know, and, and you, you go from there. But What you course, believe
0: and what actually happens, Robin, you know, I've got a ton of respect for you. What, what you believe should happen and what actually happens isn't what happens. No, even no, like, no. But that's
2: that's people are it's like, a, I, you know, I had a I, I, I wonder if I should even share. I had the back and forth with Katie. And he said, you know, I remember it, the, the, but not the public one. We had a, yeah, we had a DM a private when I don't, I didn't and, see. And he said something about, you know, the me, the media or, or you all say, and I'm like, I'm not the media, bro. I'm responsible for what I say. So, you know, that's, that's part of what I'm getting at. But but bottom line is I think this is a good discussion. I, you know, this is like you said, makes for good radio, makes for good podcasting. And of course, you know, people should be able to let go of some of this stuff when someone um, takes accountability and when someone shows that they're, you know, the best behavior the best apology is change behavior on some of that stuff. That's that's really the the saying on it. All
0: right, so let's look at the status report for tonight as we have a game that we know uh AD, I, like and let's talk about this. So status report for the net side. Ben Simmons, questionable. I don't care if he plays, I'd rather him rest. <laughs> Take your time. TJ Warren, doubtful. Uh and TJ Warren, I don't know. He he hasn't been the bucket that we were expecting him to be. If he's got a rest rest if he needs to be out. And then, obviously, you know, KD out, DDJ, uh, Kessler, whatever, uh, out. I mean, Dayron Sharp out. He he fell hard on his back, and I wanted to mention but year two for Cam and Dayron has not gone the way that I expected it at all. I'm fine with it. Last week, we got the quote from Scoop B. He asked Cam Thomas, how come you don't smile, man? Fans have noticed that you don't smile. And Cam said, ain't shit funny. <laughs> and that was hilarious. But – Um, You guys thoughts about the status report. And can we throw up Shams tweet that he put out yesterday? So I thought it was also hilarious after the the Knicks lose to the Nets on national TV. The Lakers play the Celtics in TD Garden. I'm trying to get my wife to watch that game. She's like, I just watched the whole Knicks Nets game with you. We watched the first quarter and I come back to see LeBron at the end of the game like crying. But rightfully so. They robbed that man of the game. Um, they should have won that game. They literally stole a game from the struggling Lakers. Uh, but then this tweet comes out from Shams. What time did this tweet come out yesterday? 4.30 p.m. That uh, the Lakers, Anthony Davis and LeBron James are out Monday against the Nets. They had all a of Sunday off. But we also know they have a back-to-back coming up here against the Blue York Ix. They are the New York Ix. They are the York Ix, but they play in the Garden. So, of course, they're going to rest LeBron and AD against the Nets, whether they're assuming they could beat the Nets or whatever. It's not even about that. It's about the fact that they're going to play in the Garden and put on a show there because it's the world's most famous arena for everyone else to come to and have success. So expect to see LeBron and AD on the floor against the Knicks tomorrow night, but they will not be playing in Brooklyn tonight. It will still be a packed house. Uh, Yeah, LeBron's
2: probably still a little upset from that lack of a foul. That's probably the worst missed foul call I've ever seen in my life, to be honest with you. When when you talk about, like, the the part of the game it was and how obvious a foul it was, even if you didn't see Tatum hit him on the arm – no, there is no, you didn't shot. see. I don't want to hear that. They're like the ref was right there. What did he see? But but oh, I would have blown the whistle after seeing. If I didn't even see the contact, it's I would have blown the whistle. No way, LeBron's missing a layup like that, and you cost him the game. So I thought I actually thought his reaction was justified. Um, <laughs> but he was uh, hurt. He was I'm, glad hurt. I, I'm glad I didn't buy tickets to to tonight's game. Let me put it that way. Except for Kyrie, Kyrie's always worth the price of admission when he brings the uh, his game, but. You know you're missing out on on LeBron, AD, and KD.
3: Yeah, I mean Kyrie's gonna cook this Lakers team. Uh, <laughs> this Lakers team without LeBron and AD It's disappointing, though. I, I, we've talked about this in the past. When was the last time we saw KD and LeBron share the floor? KD I, said it. He's like missing these games against LeBron, man. Like it's not fun. I wish. I mean, obviously we wouldn't have had it if LeBron would have played because KD is still out. But man, it's just it's just disappointing. It's just disappointing. I really, I really am am hoping that we get get that that matchup a couple more times before both of their careers end. But yeah, now it's another situation where the nets are going to play clearly subpar team and they need to play well and they need to show that they are playing a clearly sub subpar team and the Lakers without those two players, even with those two players is not necessarily a great team, but with certainly without them, they're, they're a terrible team. So let's, let's see how Kyrie can hopefully, you know, drop a 30 piece in 28 minutes and then get to rest some should beat the Lakers
0: uh I woke up today just like man it's been too long since we've seen KD like as a Nets fan I feel like that's the thing like we we've, we've watched the Nets lose a bunch we've watched different players of the Nets we've watched every different group of players on the Nets in the last three years beat the Knicks I'm like I'm missing KD it's been too long since we've seen seven hoops so I guess they put out a new podcast shout out to Eddie and uh Slim for you know the new uh, Etcetera's podcast. But Alex Shifter put out a tweet today, kind of giving us more of an update straight from the horse's mouth on his podcast. Kevin Durant said, ideally, he comes back a few games before the All-Star break, before playing in the game. We get an update on him a week from today, and the trade deadline is two weeks from this Thursday, and then the All-Star Star break is, for us, Nets fans... Three weeks from this Thursday. So it's it's coming up fast. And I would assume, let's throw up the uh, upcoming schedule. Um, Obviously, we just beat the Knicks. We've got the Lakers tonight. Uh, Celtics in Boston on Wednesday. Then there's a string of home games for the Nets, which is good. I'll see you guys at Barclays. i got to figure out when to get over there again. Uh, Wizards at Nets Saturday. Clippers at Nets Monday. Suns at Nets. And then I think KD will be back because the next two games after that are in New York. Or no, I'm wrong. I I got ahead of myself. We don't have the screenshot, but it's uh, Bulls, Nets, that Thursday, February 9th. Sixers, Nets, Saturday, February 11th. And then on Monday, which would be the last two games before the All-Star break, February 13th and 15th, you don't have to travel. It's Nets versus Knicks in the Garden. It's Heat versus Nets in Brooklyn. So circle those dates, Monday, February 13th. And uh, February 15th, those should be the two games. If he's saying a couple games, those should be the two games that KD plays in before. Um... Oh yeah, I'm, I'm getting my 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 uh, my dates mixed up. What did I say? A week from this Thursday is the trade deadline. Two weeks from this Thursday is the all-star break. Thanks for correcting me. I never know what day or week it is. I sleep on the weekends because I don't get to sleep during the week and I'm in outer space. But um, to wrap this thing up, I expect to see KD return in the garden against the Knicks. Anything else, guys? Uh, no, I mean, I, I think uh, I want to
2: see KD in the all-star game. I, I think it does matter. and He's going to play. Just, yeah, I just want to uh, respond to unspoken voices inside media real quick who said, I'm sorry if I offended you. Uh, no, you're, you're good. Uh, look, I, I am. you say real is real in that comment. I keep it real from my perspective. I've had life experiences. I try to... Uh, approach things with empathy and authenticity. Um, and, and I'm all for conversations, so you did not offend
0: me. I just had to respond to what you said thats. All. Nobody's offended and uh, we're not trying to offend. This is discourse. This is a podcast. We're having a full-on conversation. A lot of people tell us they rock with our podcast because we come here and, and do that. I'm a media member, not as seasoned as Robin. Robin has been in the media longer than me. If I say something, he doesn't necessarily have to agree. he's supposed to say how he feels. He represents himself and his name and what he does same thing with Hudson Hudson is a young man that's not in the media but he damn sure could be with his professionalism and the way that he goes about his business the three of us have different life experiences uh different opinions and we come together on Talking Nets to talk to you guys and shit I appreciate you guys being in the chat this whole time and having your own conversations in the chat this is what this is for this is a safe space for Nets fans to come and talk about the Brooklyn Nets and unfortunately the conversation sometimes goes outside of basketball, but that's good. That's okay. We're not trying to offend anybody. You can um, agree or disagree and feel how you want to feel, but make sure you subscribe to the pod. Make sure you leave us a review. We don't have any new reviews to to, to read. We don't have any voicemails. That's on me. I should have put it out earlier and give you guys a prompt like, hey, on the next talking Nets, call the voicemail and tell us what you think about LeBron and uh, AD not playing against the Nets. But you can do that on the next one. It's 929 929- 500 103 that's the new number for the voicemail if you want your voice to be heard on talking nets follow us on instagram twitter i'm trying um i'm trying to you know keep us active like you know you guys have no idea what my regular days are like like family wise and professional wise and my own stuff but i'm not gonna pay anybody to run our social media i just will keep it as alive as i can but the real thing is the podcast we need you guys to Download the podcast, tell a friend, uh, tell a friend we're talking Nets and we're keeping this running through the whole season. Keep McPherson, Hudson Flynn, Robin Lumberg, anything else before we send this one off? No, I think you could do the chant. I'm going to do the chant. I heard them (laughs) doing the chant. Let's go Nets. Let's go Nets. Brooklyn.